Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Teacher's Point of View podcast. I'm really pleased to have Dee on this week's episode. She's a phenomenal lady. She started off her career as a teacher of maths, progressed to head of department, to senior leader, to starting her own school. She talks about the challenges she's faced throughout her journey and over the sort of time of COVID. She's got some fantastic advice for anyone that's looking to get into teaching. A really, really great episode and I hope you all enjoy Hi, Dee. Thanks for coming on the Teacher's Voice podcast. I mean, you've had a fantastic career up till now. Sort of explain your journey and how you've got to where you've got to. Sure. Thank you for having me. I started teaching about 20 years ago in North London. And I've been teaching in London schools, East and North London, until about eight years ago when I moved to Essex. And I've been in Harlow ever since. I moved to Essex and became senior leader in a school and then just moved up from there to headship really and last September I opened a free school in Harlow Um, at the moment we're in year two it's going to be a huge school with 1,700 children when eventually full including a sixth form as well. Fantastic I mean how, how did that come about then? The town needs a new school because of the growth in numbers and our trust put in a bid to open a new school and I was looking for my next challenge and the trust advertised for job and I said I'll go for it. Wasn't really sure if it was for me but I thought it might be easier to get into headship if I started from the bottom with the children you know start from scratch well now I realize it's not as easy as it sounds to open a new school but I, I thought I'd grow with them I grow into the role and I was lucky enough to be appointed so that, that's how it's come out really I mean that's that's quite amazing to start a new school right I mean for everyone that's watching like what what, what does that actually involve like what what is it been from start to finish like to where you are now like what what have you had to implement to get the school going so everything from scratch from having to set up sims to actually doing filing for the student files to implementing a curriculum rewards sanctions I was actually really lucky because they were looking for a head teacher who was going to take on the project from the beginning so I've been involved with the bids itself to the DfE pre-opening Ofsted, the planning for the actual site itself, designing the curriculum, even naming the school, picking the uniforms, everything from scratch um, I was part of. Amazing. I mean, how hard is it to attract students to a brand new school? (laughs) So you're selling a vision and we had a very clear vision. So it was pretty much myself standing in front of a group of parents We didn't even have a building. We didn't have any other staff. All I had was the name of the trust, you know, because we have quite um, good schools in our trust. So, and the vision itself, what I was promising them. And the parents bought into that. They bought into this dream that I was promising them. And it was really hard. I never knew how much marketing would be involved in a school. So I actually went on a marketing course to find out what I needed to do. I'm pretty good at marketing now. Really? I would never have had that opportunity had I been ahead in a normal, you know, fully established school because the school's reputation itself just attracts parents and there's always somebody else to do it. But with me, it was just pretty much standing in front of 
these groups of parents are saying, this is what it's going to be like, come to my school. I can't show you anything, but I promise you. And then obviously we didn't have our building ready. So we opened in temporary accommodation. So the parents that chose to come to our school really, truly chose because of the ethos and the vision I was promising them. You know, it, it takes a lot to take a chance like that on a new school where there's nothing you know, you can look at not even not even the foundations of the school existed at the time when they were making their applications. Sure. I mean, from your experiences, obviously, I saw that you worked at Central Foundation Boys School, didn't you? And that's mm. that's got one of the best maths departments in the country. And you being a math specialist, it just kind of tells you about what kind of caliber you're at. Right. I mean, where do you think you got most of your experience in terms of good practice from? Do you think it was from Central Foundation or was it a mixture of the schools that you worked in? All of them. I think every school adds a little bit something. My first school, I've learned how important it was to have a faculty, have a team that was behind you. They actually really spoiled me because I looked for that everywhere I went afterwards. Central Foundation at the time was a very challenging school. I absolutely loved every minute of it. Again, it was a real team spirit. And I think that's that's the common recurrence in all of the schools that I worked in. There was a real team spirit among the staff, not just within our own faculty, but the whole staff itself, because they all, every single person I worked with or worked for, actually, all of my line managers had this desperate belief that we are going to change the world. We're going to make life better for these children. We're making a difference. And I think looking back now, I've always worked for people who had a very clear vision. Fantastic. I mean, where, where did your passion and come for from t- like for teaching? I mean, did you always know you wanted to become a teacher? <laughs> Up until sixth form, I wanted to be a doctor. <laughs> but then I realised I didn't really like chemistry very much. As chemistry got harder, I realised I didn't enjoy it. And I also can't stand sight of blood. So, so I thought I'll save lives in a different way. But I had an amazing teacher at sixth form, Sally Humphreys. She was just phenomenal and the impact she had on me I wanted to make that impact on other children and I've never known a teacher like her she was so inspirational I absolutely adored her and I just wanted to be like her fantastic I mean like you've obviously gone through so much especially in the last two years obviously you've opened the brand new school how have the last seven months been I've never known anything like it it's been really hard but Everyone's in the same boat, so everybody's finding it difficult. And I don't think we'll ever have another seven months like this ever again. But my team is amazing. My children are amazing. And my parents are absolutely amazing. I mean, all the parents in our school have been so supportive, so understanding. And again, it comes back to that shared vision, shared passion. They all buy into what we're trying to do so everything we do they understand that actually we're doing it for a purpose there's always a reason why we do what we do they've been absolutely phenomenal and I couldn't have done it without them same with my team they they get it they they understand and the children they're on this journey with us and they know why we want to do what we want to do and they're on board with it sure just for, for anyone that doesn't really know where Harlow is on the map like, what, what's the general demographics of, of the school? So we're actually only half an hour away from London on the train. I still live in East London. I'm a London girl, particularly East London. That's where I grew up. So I absolutely love East London. And I travel 
to Harlow. It takes about half an hour um, on the M11. We're so close. We're in between Cambridge and London. We're so close to the city, yet it is so different. It's a small town, mainly white British, quite white working class. We've got our school, our permanent site is in a part of the town that is quite deprived. So we are serving a very deprived community, but at the same time, you've got some really affluent parts of the town. So it's a real mix between the two. Right. The, the, obviously, with everything that's going on at the moment, you, you obviously spoke that some of your kids are deprived. And um, in terms of some of the resources that they might have access to, are you finding it, in terms of obviously when you've had to teach from home, was it quite difficult to, to adjust? And like, how did you kind of overcome it? Because the school, the government funding for schools hasn't necessarily been up to where you need it to be to really provide for these kids. So how, how have you managed? So our trust has invested in technology because, of, like you said, we don't have enough resources. We don't have enough funding. So the trust bought laptops for children and we've pretty much went by which of our children need it and all the children in all of our trust schools who needed it has actually got one obviously on a borrowed basis because we these were resources that would have been given to schools so all the laptops that my school had for example that we used with the children went to children who needed them plus we bought some more as well on top of that we also have children who whose parents have real difficult situations at home, obviously with losing their jobs. And I've got this mental health issues have risen as well. And we saw that not just within our children, but also parents and carers as well. So we've been supporting them with that. Financially, there are some parents who are in real, real difficult situations. Um, no fault of their own. It's just, you know, the way life is at the moment. So my staff are phenomenal. We basically support all of our parents in whichever way they need it so we have given children technology to use at home we've dropped food packages home we've put parents and children in contact with external agencies where they could get some support for mental health we've opened the school was open all the way through lockdown and any child that wasn't coping at home we brought them in um, alongside the key workers our vulnerable children were in alongside key worker children and my staff were in every day with them through Easter through half term and even in the summer we were sending work home and you know doing um, safeguarding calls making sure that the parents had food and resources that you know alongside food obviously got items that they need you know, personalised as well. So we just we just made sure that all of our community was looked after. But it was easy for us because we only had one year group to look after, 120 children. And I really do feel for schools where you've got thousands of children and parents that you're trying to care for. And it is a really difficult situation to be in. Especially with the, like the recent news of the government not going to give free meals over the school holidays. I mean, like how, obviously you, like you said, you, you work, with students from like families that have suffered from obviously the consequences of, of the pandemic. But how much does that really impact? I mean, obviously for, for people that don't know how it feels like you, you you're there on the front line speaking to these parents, like how much does that really impact these families? It's really sad to see some of our families in these situations and um, not being able to do more is really heartbreaking, but it has an impact. So, not only are these children coming to school hungry, but 
they're also worried about what's going on at home as well. So that impacts on their concentration, on their focus. School is a safe place for them. Yes, they come to school, we feed them, we clothe them, and um, you know we look after them, but then they go home at the end of the day. And throughout the day, they, they might not show it, show it to us, but actually they're thinking about what is going to happen to them at home. Some of these kids are in temporary accommodation. So we've got a lot of children who are housed in Harlow from councils in London. So these children are moved and they are going to move again. So that uncertainty of where am I going to be in a week's time, in a month's time. We've got children who are whose parents have lost their jobs, so who are constantly thinking, what am I going to eat tonight? Am I going to have anything at home? So that's typical. People think this is just stories that teachers are telling, but that typical, I will save this for later and put it in my pocket, take it home to my little brother or take it home to my mum. That happens on a daily basis. It's crazy, isn't it? I mean, what what do you feel? Like, you, like I said, you're on the front line. So what could the government do or what could be done just from DfE or like anybody with power to really make a positive impact for the people that are really suffering through this pandemic? I think we definitely need to extend this free school meal vouchers further because a lot of people have been furloughed. That's coming to an end. We've got Christmas coming up. I, I don't even... I don't even want to think about what that's going to be like for some of our families. So when we go back to school, we've got an action plan to support those families in terms of, you know, making sure that they've got the basic, you know, the food and other stuff that they need. But also these children, some of them aren't going to be getting a normal Christmas meal. They're not going to be having a normal Christmas where they're going to be getting presents and so on. Not that that's, that's the most important thing, but their childhood, this is their childhood. And actually they're spending it worrying about money. They're spending it worrying about, am I going to be eating tonight? Um, am I going to have a roof over my head? No child should have to worry about that. That's a basic right. That's a human right. And we are living in one of the most, you know, developed countries we are living in one of the most richest countries in the world and our children are going hungry our children are suffering mentally and the impact lack of nutrition is having on their physical development as well that is really noticeable in our schools these days yeah i mean you can actually see it in the difference of of the level of work ethic and the way that they kind of walk around the school can you that's insane, yeah. isn't it? I mean, it's awful. I mean, you obviously being with the kids all the time, like how hard is it not to feel completely responsible that you, you like you can't do, because there's only so much you can do, right? I mean, how hard is it to be able like, to have to walk home every evening knowing that, that these kids are going through that? Yeah, it's a moral dilemma, isn't it? How much, we have a small school, so for us, it's really easy to identify the students that need the help and also my staff is so dedicated they we spend i've lost the count you know of how much we have spent on our families and children and we will continue to do that because it is our i'm not going to say it's all our responsibility but it's partly our responsibility to look after these children in and out of school so we will continue to do that but it is so hard knowing that some of our families are on bread lines and they're you know we're issuing food bank vouchers and at the same time you know i'm buying a Costa coffee for myself it just feels I feel so guilty doing things for myself when I've got children who are going home to such difficult circumstances 
cause. I mean, you know, like there's this big misconception that people that aren't necessarily in the industry, that teachers, what, what are they complaining about? They've had so much time off. Like, what, why are they upset that they have to go back to school? Um, obviously, I know that I speak to teachers daily and, and I know that you have to, you, I mean, teaching online, when you first had to adapt, it was the, hard, it was the most difficult thing because you didn't know whether they were coming in. Are you going to, you just didn't know how much time you had to plan for. I mean, you've got the pressure from SLT, you've got pressure from the parents. Like how difficult is it to be a teacher right now? And in particular, how difficult is it to be a head teacher of a school, a brand new school at like that? I can guarantee you I haven't had a day off since lockdown started. Even during the summer holidays, I was redoing the curriculum. I was doing a lot of, we had a lot of risk assessments to sort out because we were coming back in September, getting the school ready, making sure that it was safe for all staff and students. We were still recruiting because we recruitment just never stops in schools. You're constantly looking for good staff. Um, so I haven't actually had a day off since lockdown started. And we were in school most of the Easter break and the May half-term break with the um, children because we didn't close our schools to key workers and because we knew it was important for them to be, you know, for those parents to be at their jobs so that we could fight this virus. And when they say we are all in this together, absolutely we are all in this together. I think it's a really weird time to come into teaching because with all the risk assessments in place, there's so little you can do in the classroom at the moment. It's not like a normal teaching environment. You know, you can't get too close to children. You can't touch their books and all of these little things. It makes teaching really difficult. So when we're training staff, we always say to them, this is not how we would normally do it. This is what we should normally be doing. But because of COVID, this is what we're going to do. But it's also a really exciting time to come into teaching because so now we have children who've fallen behind. Now, all children have fallen behind. But those that are disadvantaged have fallen even further behind. So anyone who feels like they have a duty of care to children or anyone who feels that public services are, you know, a right. I truly believe in public services and serving our community is an important thing to me. So anyone who feels that passionately about changing lives, about contributing to their community, to their society, this is the time to come into teaching because for the next 10 years, we're going to be undoing this COVID virus impact. And if you really want to make a difference, be a teacher. Because I always say to my staff, we're saving lives in a different way, but we're saving, we're changing the world one child at a time. So anyone who's thinking, is it for me? Is it not for me? Yes, it's not for everybody. But actually, if you've got that passion for making a difference, this is where you're going to make the difference to these children. And I've never worked in a school where there wasn't a deprivation level. So all of my schools had quite a high number of um, free school meal children. It had quite, you know, it was in de deprived areas. So if you really want to make a difference, if you want to do something worthwhile, that's going to actually change the world, go and be a teacher. But go and be a teacher in areas where we really need you. How hard is it for you to find teachers at the moment? Recruitment is difficult. Well, it's the partly because of the pay. So London offers higher wages. We're only half an hour away from London. So you can easily live where our school is and commute to London, which would make your living costs a lot lower than actually living in London, but you're still getting London wages. That's, that contributes to it. Also, teaching is seemed 
like a profession that's not very well respected. So I was at a recruitment fair at a university with lots of different companies there looking to recruit maths graduates. And I only had two people come and speak to me about becoming a teacher. And there was hundreds of students who were in their third year there graduating. They were all looking for jobs. And even the ones that walked past and just quickly spoke to me said, oh, so when will I actually make it to X amount of money? When will I get, you know, this much money? How much does it pay to begin with? And as soon as I told them, yeah, this is how much a student, um, sorry, trainee teacher starts at, they just walked away. Only two actually stopped and spoke to me about becoming a teacher and what they needed to do, which is such a shame because it is such an amazing job. These children... You never have the same two days and children always amaze you and they do just wonderful things and they do some sort of, you know, really silly things that make you giggle. I can't actually imagine doing any other job and I never wake up in the morning saying, oh, I've got to go to work. It's always, oh, I've got to get up because I don't like mornings, but I never wake up thinking, oh, I have to go to work. I absolutely love my job. I love teaching. I love the children. They are just the most beautiful little humans in the world. And I can't actually imagine what else I would do with my life. I can't imagine sitting in an office for eight hours a day just in front of a computer. This this truly is the best job in the world. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in, in a different lifetime, I might have become a teacher. It's a shame that I, I didn't really like look at education about 10 years ago because I, too late. I, I mean, I'd done an enrichment day with um, Art British Free School uh, last Thursday and it was so rewarding speaking to kids and like you genuinely do make a difference. And, and it's a shame because like you said, that sometimes the salary is deemed to be too low for, for what you have to do. And, and to be fair, for the level of effort teachers have to put in, I, I almost agree in some respect, but what, what people forget to realise is how much, our economy depends on t- good quality teachers being there to support the future generation. I mean, is there like a message that you can send out to, to anybody that's considering teaching? Any advice that you can give them to, to go into teaching and what to expect and how to get through the, the difficult days? If people are thinking about it, I think they should definitely consider it seriously and maybe do, obviously after COVID, because we can't have people on site at the moment, but do some kind of work experience. And it's important to be in a school where you're going to be supported. So schools where there is a strong emphasis on staff development, particularly for the new teachers, the trainees, the NQTs, first, second year, third year teachers, and also the vision of the school. You know, what is the school trying to achieve? And have a look at what the leadership is like, not just the senior leadership, but also the middle leadership, because it's their drive that's going to make that vision come true. And everyone talks about vision, but it really does make a difference to a school because we all need to work towards a common goal. And that's what we have in our school. We all share that vision and we all have a passion for teaching. We all have a passion for our young people and to make a difference. If you really want to make a difference in life, teaching is definitely the way to go because teachers create all other professions and you can really shape a child's life through education. I mean, in terms of like those that are doing the PGC now, like what a crazy year to do a PGC. <laughs> I mean, what, what what can you say to them to, to help them get through this year? Because I mean, I'm sure some of them are thinking, no, I cannot do this. 
And those people, like, what, what can we do to make sure that they don't leave the profession without giving it a proper go? Because things will eventually get better. They will. I mean, this is the hardest year uh, like I'm sure anyone has ever seen, right? I mean, the credit crunch in 2008 was nothing compared to this. It's just about trying to get them to get through it. Like, what, what can we say to them to, to help them just to get through this year? I'm not going to lie, it's hard. PGC is probably the hardest it's ever going to be. It's going to get easier. NQT is going to be hard as well. But it just gradually gets easier and easier and easier. And no job is easier when you first start it because you're learning your trades. And it's just like anything else. But please don't give up because these children need people like us. These children need teachers who are going to care about them who are going to not just teach them English math science but actually be a role model and if we quit at the first hurdle if we quit when things get tough what are we teaching these children so please 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 continue it does get easier I promise you but go find a school once you've got through your PGCA go find a school to work in that is going to support you that you're going to absolutely enjoy and find people who are very like-minded to you because then you will really enjoy the job not only because you know you're going to be teaching but also you'll enjoy the team efforts the staff room conversations and it will be those colleagues that are going to get you through it I worked in schools and I've enjoyed every single school because of my colleagues and because of the children fantastic I mean like for those that are doing the PT this year uh, I think one of the things that they've probably got in mind is a securing a job and obviously with the uncertainty of everything that's going on how many vacancies will there be next year how many people are going to move i mean it's all in question right but if they do get an interview like what are you like if they were to interview with you what are you looking for i mean what are you looking for in their cv what are you looking for when they come and visit you their teaching style is there any advice that you can give them on that so for me when i interview i want to know that the person has gone and found out about my school and not just come in because it's just another interview set up for them. I want people to interview for my school because they genuinely want to come work in my school. So they need to know the school. At least just look at the website, look at their vision statement, the mission statement, what kind of setup the school has. Also look at um, where the school is, get to know the area a little bit because not every school is for everybody. So if you you know, if you know about the um, context of the school, you're more likely to answer questions better. I also look for people. I'm not interested in the best teachers. I'm interested in teachers who've got potential to be great teachers. I'm looking for people who are passionate about their subjects, who are passionate about education and young people, and also people who are going to give their time to these children. And one thing that I'm really passionate about and might not be the same for all the other heads, but people who are interested in developing themselves professionally and personally as well. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, those are those are sort of what you really want or expect from a teacher in some respects. But um, a lot of teachers kind of think about the profession as oh, I'll work eight thirty to three thirty, go home. Um, there should be planning. There should be PPA time during my working hours, and I don't want to do anything when I get home. I mean, unfortunately. It's not a job, is it? It's a career. It, it's, it's, it's about going above and beyond if you really want to make a difference. I mean, through your experience, how, how have you seen teachers that have had that attitude compared to the ones that, that you described go on to progress in their career? 
to be honest, if you have that mindset, you don't really survive the school year. They often, um, people who come in thinking, oh, it's just, you know, eight till three, I'll go home and I'm done. It's a vocation, like you said, it's, it's not just a job. And nobody comes into this for the paycheck or the holidays because that's all the myth. And it's hard work. But when you know what you're doing is making a difference, it kind of sweetens the deal a little bit. But people who come in thinking, oh, it's going to be easy, it's going to be, you know, office hours and I'm done, I'll do everything during the day. I mean, there are teachers like that who organise their time so well, they take very little work home. But even then, you still end up doing things um, after school hours because it's just, you just can't, it's not manageable. And people who think that way don't last in the job for long. Sometimes they come in with that mindset and they see the reality really quickly, so they drop out and then don't even complete their training. But I've had very few people like that come in for training in our schools. Maybe it's because we interview, and in the interview, we actually only pick the ones that are really passionate and want to make a difference and understand the difficulties of the job. But genuinely, I don't think people are coming into the profession anymore thinking those. And you just, you just, can't survive in a school environment if that you've got that kind of mindset the ones that progress really quickly into leadership middle leadership and senior leadership are the ones that are we in our trust one of the things about our leaders is we believe in servant leadership so we are here to serve and it's very you can spot very early on even in their training year people who are going to make it to leadership in our trust because they have that mindset, I'm here to serve, I'm here to make a difference. And they're the ones that are real team players. Um, I've actually got somebody, well, I've got a lot of people on my staff who are like that, but I've got one who we spotted from day one last year when he was training with us. He's going to be running, he's going to be running a school within the next 10 years. He's just got it. He knows exactly what to do. He, he's a team player, always steps in when there's a gap and fills it, understands the expectations and the needs, and he's willing to do it. And he's passionate, passionate about spending time with the children, passionate about spending time, you know, giving his time to them outside of school hours. So you will never find him sitting in the staff room at lunchtime not that there's anything wrong with that because we need a break but he never does it he goes out there he gets his lunch he goes out there he talks to the children he goes and talks to the staff he's always out and about at the start of the day he'll come in make his um, drink go outside stand on the gate to talk to the parents and I say you don't need to do that you can go take a break I know but I enjoy it that that's what we're here for I want to do this so it's people like that and youngsters who are coming in now i say youngsters actually that's wrong and um, people who are coming into training now see him and they take him as a role model and follow suit i'm just like i said i'm just really lucky i've got amazing staff in my school yeah fair i mean how many days have there been where you just thought you know what i don't want to do this anymore i'm ready to quit <laughs> it, it happens we all um, we all have those days but in our trust we've got lots of very supportive heads so in my one of our trust schools, um, which we're actually sharing a site at the moment because we're in temporary accommodation, the head there and I often just have a little chat whenever things get a bit too much and we're like, right, come on, we can do this, yes. And we kind of um, boost each other's morale and, you know, give each other a little pep talk and off we go. Um, so there is that support at the top as well. Fantastic. Fantastic. I mean, like, just in terms of we'll, we'll pretty much wrap up i mean you've you've obviously given us so much to take away from this it's been actually fantastic because 
it's only great points you've raised about the free school meals about um like what need what you need to do to become a teacher and obviously you've been quite honest about it which we i mean anyone that's watching this if you're a pgc student i mean this this is what you need to take away from from this lady because there's so much that she's given in terms of information about how you can progress in your career and how you can have a like a phenomenal career in teaching please just take it away because i mean you've done it haven't you You, you've literally gone out there you've you've um you've had those challenging days you've started off as a teacher of maths and you've worked up to head of maths you've gone up to senior leadership and now you've started a brand new school i mean there's there's not many people in the industry that can say they've done that so i mean thank you so much for your time i mean for for anyone that is watching that's a pgc student what's that last final bit of advice you'd give them before we, we sort of wrap up for the day have high expectations and never a compromise on your moral compass if anybody wants any kind of guidance support help my staff and i would always be happy to talk to people so you can contact us i'm sure my trainees and my nqts will be willing to share their experiences as well but never ever compromise on your moral compass fantastic thank you so much for obviously you're taking time out to speak to speak to us i mean you're you're an amazing woman i think you've had a fantastic career it's not it's not every day that even for myself like i mean i've been doing this for almost six years and i don't get to speak to um people of your caliber every single day you know so thank you for taking time out to to have a conversation with me but yeah look well done on everything that you've achieved as well i mean your school sounds phenomenal i mean it sounds like you've got great work effort you've got a lovely team that is supportive And, and you know what it sounds like you've done an amazing job to build a community because of the way that the parents have been quite supportive because I've heard of schools where parents have been complaining and like they've been struggling to deal with it and it's not like you've got an area that you cover that's a lot better I mean you've got children that are living in deprived areas I mean you've spoken quite a lot about the children that are suffering at the moment and and I really hope the government do listen because the free school meals I mean Every other year, obviously, children don't receive free school meals over holidays. But this year is a completely different situation, isn't it? Like they, they can give free me- like half price meals over the whole of August, but they can't feed the children that absolutely need it. And it just it makes you question whether there's actually what, what's actually happening. Because I was speaking to Dave Malachi, who's an assistant head teacher in London Enterprise Academy a little bit earlier today. And he was sort of explaining that a lot of their children are from deprived families and they, they were only given 10 laptops, you know, and, and they needed they needed 200. So it put them in a massive deficit. And there's a lot of kids that couldn't really catch up on the work. And that's been the biggest nightmare to try and get the kids to catch up. And and obviously the exams next year are, are sort of only delayed by three weeks at the moment, aren't they? I mean, that'll probably change, I'm sure, but things change every two months. But it's, it's a crazy year. And it's just that we just need more done from the government, I think. And, and I think this is one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast is to get this te- get the teacher's voice out there because we, we talk a lot about NHS. We talk a, a lot about them being on the front line, but we forget about how much work and how much work you're doing as teachers and how important the profession is to the future of our economy. So it's really important to address these points and, and get these get these points out there. So thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Just want to thank Dee for coming on the podcast on this episode. Guys, if you enjoyed it, please do like and make sure you hit that subscribe button. Obviously, we want to create awareness for everything teachers are doing. So if you feel like they're having a positive impact, please, let's get this message out and hit that subscribe button. Thank you.